Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 26, 2017. This is an Orlando Magic Daily Podcast episode of Locked On Magic. I'm, of course, Phil Prosperenreich of Orlando Magic Daily, the site editor and expert over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And I am joined today by two special guests, more members of the podcast game. I'm joined by Stephen Garlick and Andy Harrington of the Orlando Magic Podcast. Welcome to the club, guys. How how you how you liking the podcast game? We like it. We like it. We really like it. We're enjoying it. We're we're about uh, nine episodes in to our podcast and dipping, uh, dipping your we, toes in the water there. <laughs> exactly, and and uh, we're loving it. We love it. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, just like how our podcast ends, we're just two guys having a good time. So hopefully, it comes off that way, and it's it's a lot of fun. The magic are headed in the right direction so it's always a, a good conversation yeah yeah we'll get we'll get into a little bit of that in just a moment just kind of recapping the summer of course our listeners uh on locked on magic and your listeners over at the orlando magic daily or not the orlando magic daily podcast at the orlando magic podcast uh requested the the show this mashup of the show and so we're going to give it a try here as things things are happening with the orlando magic and while we're going to get into the summer at large and the direction that the magic are going in I guess the first place we got to start with is the breaking news of the day. Um, if I had drops, this is where I would add one. Uh, but the Orlando Magic are reportedly set to sign an old friend of ours, Aaron Aflalo, to a one-year contract. Uh, Aaron Aflalo played for the Sacramento Kings last year. Had a decent season. Uh, what is your overall reaction, uh, guys, to, to the signing? I I was very confused right when I first heard it. I was like, "Am I am I blinking here? Am, am, did I just go back a few years?" Um, but um, I was, you know, at first I was confused, but then I was like, "Okay, it's a it's a shooter at least, some guy that can shoot over forty percent." And so I was like, "Okay, I understand, veteran minimum guy um, coming off the bench, kind of to uh, guide the young guys." So I'm like, I, you know, I'm I'm okay with it. It's fine. And the, the other thing I liked about it is they said they were going to be adding shooting, and they did. So that was really nice. Um, I do think it's a slight awkward fit, and it, we can definitely get into that when we get into our offseason thing. But I do think it's 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 a good contract and a good player, good locker room presence. So I think it's a good signing. Yeah, and certainly the Magic need guys like Aaron Afalo. He's now, I, I believe he is now officially the oldest player, once he signed actually, He'll be the oldest player on the roster. He's 31 years old, averaged 8.4 points per game. So his scoring has dropped a lot since his time with the Magic. Uh, 44% field goal percentage. Actually took the majority of his shots from beyond the arc last year, or a good chunk of his shots from beyond the arc, and shot 41.1%. So he started to to kind of find a niche now in the latter half of his career as just a, a floor spacer and shooter. 
which was something that the Magic didn't ask him to do. I think when Magic fans first heard the, heard of the signing, they were thinking of Aaron Aflalo, the the Magic version of Aaron Aflalo, where they asked him to create, be a big creator and, and be a big driver and, and be the the primary scoring option. Now I think his role is going to be very, very different where he's mostly just taking th- taking threes. And, and, and like you guys said, that's something the Magic needed, especially after losing Jody Meeks. Exactly. Um, I think he kind of just fills that role that Jody Meeks kind of left us. Um, he, he'll kind of come in probably behind Fournier, which is kind of uh, funny because he was <laughs> traded for Fournier um, uh, by Rob Hennigan. And so he'll kind of just you know, kind of fill that veteran role, which I think we kind of thought either Simmons or Hizonia might, might fill that, that backup shooter role, um, guard, you know, role. But, um, I think a flaw will do very nicely. I think, um, yeah, I think he's a great replacement for Meeks and kind of a similar, similar player even, um, to Meeks. And so, you know, I, I, I have no problem with the signing. Love, love Aaron Aflalo. Um, hopefully he'll, he'll pass the ball a little bit more than he used to. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it obviously, obviously, uh, just not, not the same guy. Magic needed a, needed a player like this. And I agree. I think that this is a, a good signing, uh, but I think this gets into kind of a bigger issue and, and, you know, we'll dive into the off season and, and where the magic are going in a little bit, uh, as we talk a little bit about the, the Orlando magic, now that it seems like the off season's coming to a bit of a close magic rosters now at 16 with the, a one, a one do signing, uh, as well as the rumored signings of Aflalo and Maurice Spates. Uh, but the Magic have this weird logjam now at, at uh, on the wings. Um, do, you, do you guys expect, I mean, it seems like we all expect that Aflalo is going to be the backup guy. Who, who kind of gets left out of the mix here now? I think, you know, right off the bat, I, I'm looking at Mario Hazonia. I mean, I think yeah. that's the guy who really gets left out in this. I mean, for a guy who's been you know, hasn't really lived quite up to the hype that he was drafted with. I think he's the one who's definitely now in a prove it year and, and definitely has to come out, you know, really in training camp there. You're going to know the, who Aaron, or Mario Hazoni is in training camp because he now knows there's competition. I think that's one good thing that the magic have done here this off season is they've created inner squad competition. When I, you know, used to coach high school basketball we used to do that all the time you know you you got to get quality people you know scrimmaging these guys in practice training camp getting them you know those reps that they're going to need to improve and i think that's exactly what the magic have done this offseason with every single one of their signings yeah totally agree i think um a flalo will take a lot of his minutes. The thing is with his is we know Frank Vogel liked to use him at the four last year a little bit. And so, you know, I wonder if, if that will continue, you know, I know that Isaac is now there, who's going to be taking those minutes from his as well. So I really think it leaves his in a tight position. And um, I, I think he's really, really going to have to prove himself in practice. And I just don't think he will. Cause I, I don't think he's a very good player. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, but it, it, it definitely feels like Hazonia is the odd man out, which which sucks because he he's the fifth overall pick, as everyone likes to remind mind us. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it does suck. <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, you, you earn you earn your playing time in this league. It's not given to you, and you know, no one cares where you were drafted. They care what you can produce on the floor. 
uh, and and that certainly hasn't been much. Uh, certainly not last year. Uh, he he didn't uh, he didn't take the step up that he needed. Um, looking at the Magic step chart, um, you, you're probably going Fournier, Ross, Simmons, and Aflalo as your as your four wing players. Um, Marcus Georges Hunt, Wesley Owundu, Mario Azonia are kind of on the outside looking in there. Jonathan Isaac's hanging around. He could probably play some three. Uh, Patricio Garino's a non-guaranteed deal, although it's looking more and more like he's going to be definitely the odd man out on the roster. Um, it is, it's definitely a, a much deeper team this year than it, than it was last year. And so, you know, now that we've kind of dealt with the Aaron Aflalo news, uh, it's probably good to take another step back and take a look at the summer as a whole. Um, you know, you guys just, just started up your podcast, obviously, but, uh, how did you feel the ma- how did you feel about the magic situation or, or what they needed to do entering this offseason not so much looking at what they've done but what what did you feel like like the magic had to accomplish um with this new management group as they took over yeah when, and with, in our podcast um I'm a unbiased, you know, person to the Orlando Magic. You know, I grew up a Utah Jazz fan, so I kind of look at it as a whole and kind kind of an outside-in kind of approach to the Orlando Magic. And going into this offseason, I really wanted them to, you know, create cap room um, and definitely see a lot more movement than we saw this offseason. That was my goal. I wanted a, a, a mix-up. I wanted us to go out and get, you know, talent, um, kind of create a culture and a team with direction. I think that's the best way to sum up how I saw this offseason going is I wanted a clear direction and culture of this team. And, yeah, I mean, I, that, that's that's pretty much what I really wanted was just a direction because the end of last year, you kind of were left with a sour taste in your mouth going like, I don't really know where this team's headed. I don't know what pieces work. I don't know where we're going, if we're going into a full on rebuild or if we just need a couple of trades to get us over the hump. I don't, you know, that's yeah. what my, and, and that's kind of what I wanted uh, mainly was to fix the pieces on the ro- on the current roster to try to, to try to mix it up a little bit to see if we can't make the, what we have already keep most of the core intact and shuffle some of the starting lineup around. Um, so, you know, we can fit this team into today's NBA a little bit better and um, while we haven't really done that necessarily, we have strengthened something on the Magic, which was a huge weakness of theirs, which was the bench and a veteran presence, um, a strong veteran presence that can play and kind of lead and be hard-nosed. And so while I, I you know, in some, in some instances, I'm not happy with the offseason. And on the other side, you know, I, I'm satisfied with what, you know, what we did with what we had. Yeah, uh, obviously, team was kind of cash strapped. They didn't they didn't have a lot of cap room. It was what twelve to fifteen million dollars of room or something right. like that. Uh, so they weren't going to be able to go out in free agency and get a star. But I think the the main thing uh, that everyone wanted to see uh, was explore the possibilities to sh- to shake up the starting lineup if you can, but find value players to uh, to improve the bench. And just set a set a, a clearer direction. Just just fi- identify players that fit the culture you want. Uh, don't tie up any more long term money, but find 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 a clearer direction forward. Find ways to emphasize the players that are going to be part of this team's future. Um, and that would be the player you're drafting at six, 
as well as probably, I, I would put Aaron Gordon in that basket at the beginning of the summer. I would still put him in that basket because I'm still pretty high on Aaron Gordon. But other than that, <laughs> everyone else has to prove to new had to prove to new man has to prove to new management next year what they can do. Uh, I am, you know, we talked a little bit about this before we came on the air. I was a little bit skeptical about how the Magic finished. There were certainly some positive signs, but plenty of negative signs too. Uh, I'm curious what you guys thought about how the Magic finished the season after the All-Star break. Was that something you felt um, Orlando could build off of if they came back with a lot of the same people intact? I think aesthetically, I think you could just see visually that the team was playing quicker. There was more ball movement. I, I think there was more uh, of a running game involved, and just it looked better, um, and it was more it was it was more enjoyable to watch uh, after the All Star break. Um, however, it didn't translate to wins, so it's kind of concerning, um, you know, it you know when that doesn't translate, and you got to. That's why I thought there there needed to be a shakeup still, um, you know, adding more shooting, um, you know changing the way we, you know, we played offense a little bit. And, and, and I think there's definitely a start to it. However, um, I don't know if I trust that starting lineup going forward and, you know, that, that kind of core bunch that we, that we kind of played together. I don't know if I, if I entirely trust that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just left the, the season just going into last year. My thoughts on this team were pretty optimistic and I just left the team feeling disappointed like I felt like that's especially the second half yes we did you know play with a little bit more fight in a sense but like Andy just said didn't translate to wins and I don't really know if we learned too much about who this team is I don't know if we figured out people's roles and unfortunately that's a lost NBA season in my in my sense because I think you know that's that's a time where you should have given more minutes to younger guys, figured out who they were. Um, you know, it would have just been a little bit more interesting. And and I just thought there would be a lot more of a mix-up going into this offseason, and I haven't quite seen that yet. Yeah, and and obviously it's it, it, it the Magic were kind of hamstrung by by their cap situation and the amount of money that they had, uh, and so it it's it's still. You know, it, it wasn't going to all happen in one year, one summer. Yeah. I think a lot of people wanted sure. like dramatic change in one off season, especially with a new general manager, uh, a new management group. Uh, it, it, it wasn't all going to happen, and so, um, you know, with with what the Magic had, you know, they add Jonathan Simmons, they add Shelvin Mack, they draft Jonathan Isaac, they've added Aaron Aflalo, Maurice Bates, probably too. Uh, how how yep. would you how would you evaluate this the summer then like well like well, how does how does this all fit into into what you envision for this team? Look, I I mean I think we did with what we have, um with, with what Weltman and, and Hammond had to work with, we did a great job. I thought, um I think they did a they did they did what they needed to do. They got their guys, um and they did it while being patient, which is I think is going to have to um kind of. Magic fans are going to have to realize that these guys are smart and they know what they're doing. They're going to be patient. And I think that goes for the trade market as well. And so I was kind of going into it expecting them to shuffle up the deck and and to start wheeling and dealing. But I don't think they're going to do that. They're going to wait for the right trade to come along. They're going to wait for the right moment. They know when to strike. These guys guys have 
tons of experience in the NBA. And so I think come trade deadline, we might see more wheel and dealing. But and, and so I think it's just kind of it's it's hard as a Magic fan to to kind of sit back and, and realize that and, and just to kind of take a beat. Um, but I trust these guys. They, they've made great moves so far. So we just got to wait and see kind of um, sit and evaluate, as they say, um, and, and, you know, let them do that and and wait for the trade market to kind of open up. Yeah, and I think the other thing about new management is they're the complete opposite of Hennigan, like drastic difference. Because I felt like at times Rob Hennigan would make trades because it almost felt like he was being pressured. Uh, I don't quite know where that pressure was coming from, if whether that was him or you know ownership or whoever. There but was definitely ownership he, pressure to win. I mean, yeah. I mean, Frank Vogel yeah. walked a center. I mean, like sure. I, it's still jarring in my mind. Frank Vogel walked a center court during the open practice in October and said, "Are you ready for the playoffs?" I mean, there was no, <laughs> there was no getting around what this team thought they were going to do last year. And those were the expectations, you know. Like I, I went in there, you know, as a, you know not just a magic fan. I, those were the expectations for me. And, and so you can kind of get that vibe around the league. Like that's kind of where I saw you guys. And then it, it didn't quite work out that way. And so when Rob Hennigan was replaced, I think what we've seen is a guy who's got experience, John Hammond, Jeff Weltman, and they're taking their time. They're going after the people they like, um, and they're, they're going to build it. Then with that being said, I do think, you know, it's, it's, going to be nice to have a rebuild done by people who are experienced and know what they're doing and have a clear direction and culture idea in their head and letting them just, you know, put that into action, getting the guys they want in here, drafting the guys they want and, and just taking their time. That's the biggest thing that I think the magic, you know, organization needs is a little bit more time, which is tough for fans because, you know, how long have we been giving them time to figure this out? How how long I mean, it's probably not the right the right question, but like, like, what would it take for the Magic to get on that right track this year? Is I mean, uh, this will get into maybe a large. This will probably get into a larger debate that we want to talk about more toward the end of the show. While you know, while now we're kind of focusing on on the summer itself, but what what would it take for 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 this upcoming season to? to be a success knowing what we know about this team and knowing the direction that, that the magic want to go. I mean, to be, a, to be a success in, in my eyes, I mean, if I had to put a grade on this off season thus far, I would still give them like a B plus mm-hmm. because which, which I, I deem successful. You know, I, I think, I think what they've done has been successful thus far, but, to to put the cherry on top, I think you would really want to see them bring in their guys. Um, I mean, to to maybe shed some some contracts and to get prepared for for next off season and to to maybe bring in a new point guard to maybe clear out Vucevic. I, I mean, I think I think that's I think that's what at least fans are kind of clamoring for is a new point guard. And I think that we saw that with Dennis Smith jr. Love and uh, you know, I, I just think Alfred Payton's time has come. And so I really think if we wanted to make this offseason a success, we have a new point guard by the beginning of training camp. That's just my opinion. But I, I mean, as a fan, that's kind of what I want to see, even though I love Alfred Payton, but I just think we need a new direction. 
And you're talking about for the whole season next year, what I would call it a success, correct? Sure, sure. Take, okay. take it however you want to take it. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> for me, on the outside looking in, I'm looking at the Magic and I want them to create an atmosphere this season of giving guys minutes, letting them showcase their skills, and then creating a trade environment, uh, you know, moving pieces around, getting rid of some cap, getting more and more flexible so Hammond and Weltman can do more of their magic that they want to do with this team. Nice pun there. And then uh, really work work with what they want to do because they, they're going to want to, you know, have that flexibility to go after those free agents. And I think, you know, come trade deadline, I success for me is if the magic are the most active team, because that means they've created assets and they've been able to move a lot of the pieces that I almost feel like they couldn't move this off season. So that would be a huge success for me. And it'd be going into next summer with a clear direction of, of flexibility. And they could either one draft the guy they want or go sign the, the player they want to build around. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that those are both really good points and, and good directions for this for for the how to judge success. I don't think success for this team is going to be based off of wins and losses. Uh, you know, yeah. this is still no. this is still a flawed roster in a lot of ways. And while the East is not is de- certainly not as good as it was, especially at the bottom, uh, especially at kind of the bottom middle range of the playoffs, um, in that like eight through twelve range, maybe uh, it it it. I think judging the season on wins and losses is is too short term. I mean, adding a flawless, adding spates on one year deals are short term moves. They're to shore up the team so that they're at least respectable. I, I think that, and we'll get into this issue. I think in a little in a little bit. Um, yeah. It, 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 it's it's to make sure that the team can compete and and have a chance to win games. Uh, you know, but I think at the same time, what the Magic are looking to accomplish this season, learn a little bit more about what they have give their players a chance to to up their value and begin forming the team that they want to form. And I think what the summer, what the offseason moves that that matter um, show, and that's the guys who are signed to multi-year deals, are the type of players that Jeff Weltman's looking for. Jonathan Isaac, Wesley Wundu, Jonathan Simmons, um, share very similar traits and share very similar, uh, uh, you know, identities about them that I think speak to something larger about who this team wants to be. Um, They want versatile defenders. They want guys who can get out and run and be athletic and switch and, and all the things that that seemingly modern off modern defenses have to have. And they're going to fill in the other offensive pieces later. But I think what the magic wanted to do was really begin to put down the roots of their culture. And, And I think as far as that goes, with the with the major signings and the major acquisitions they made, they accomplished that goal. Um, you know, I, I don't know how you guys feel Agreed. about it from that perspective, but but that's that's kind of where I sit with this. Yeah, I think they've accomplished most of, of what they set out to do this off season, and and I agree with with Steve and, and with you guys that for the season to really be successful, I, I really do think it's about growing our culture. Uh, developing assets and and keep um, you know bringing in those guys that Weltman and Hammond love and kind of want to build this team around and I think if they do that this season um, it will be a success no matter the wins or losses that we have Um, and because I kind of think a lot of Magic fans kind of 
you know, with bringing a new management that this kind of is a wash season. And, and so some fans may say, okay, if it's a wash, why not just rebuild and blow it up? You know, but then the argument is that, you know, you're, you're destroying your culture by doing that. And, and, you know, and you can see both sides to that story. Uh, But I honestly think if, if we keep building the way Weltman and Hammond are doing at this point, um, I think this season will be a success. I, I like the way that they're going. Yeah, before before we uh, not not to, not to cut you off there, but before we get into kind of those, those before we get too deep into the big picture issues, um, let's 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 talk a little bit about the guys that the Magic added that that are gonna be more long term pieces. Um, obviously, we talked about the, the breaking news today, uh, but um, jo- Jonathan Simmons. What are your impressions of him? What do you, I mean, I heard your podcast about him, but but briefly describe what you thought about his signing and what, what he means for the Magic. I just love his story. I mean, talk about a guy who goes out and gets what he wants. I mean, that's just the story of Jonathan Simmons. And, and he's to me, he's the guy who's going to bring that leadership, um, that quality. And I think that's definitely definitely a culture guy for for what they were looking for and I, I think he's going to be that guy in training camp practice I'll be curious to hear kind of what he's like at practice but I think he's going to be the one who you know there's always those few players in this league who really make their team better in practice and I feel like Jonathan Simmons is that guy um, and and I think he will definitely be a, a fan favorite with his style of play. I just love everything about Jonathan Simmons, and I, I think he's going to bring a lot to this team. I don't know if you know he's a clear cut starter or anything like that, but I do think you know he's going to bring a lot to this team. You know whether that's you know off the court or on the car- on the court, he's just a good solid player. Right, and and I don't think the Magic have had a guy like Simmons this entire rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think since maybe like Jason Maxiel, like have they had like a guy. I don't like know if Jason that... Maxiel is quite like Jonathan Simmons guys. <laughs> no, he's the exact, come on, Bill. He's the exact same player. Okay. No, he... <laughs> I'll take your no, word for it. <laughs> he's the, he's that hard nosed guy that just goes at everyone. And I think, I think that the magic have just been missing that gritty hard nosed guy um especially uh, off the court on the court someone that you know you know you know that just kind of fights for the other guys and i think that's something that they've been searching for as well is is a, you know a guy that makes other people better and plays for his team and i think that's jonathan simmons in a nutshell and uh, you know i i love his game I, I you know i think his shooting is a little undervalued i think he's he can be a better shooter um he's proven that in the past and so, um, yeah, I, I love I loved the signing. I love the contract. Um, yeah. One the of contract the contract's a bargain. I mean, like, yeah. oh yeah. I don't know how you turn if, if he's willing to sign that contract. Like, I don't know how you turn that down because I had a lot of people on my staff and a lot of lot of a lot of Magic fans say, "Do you think the Magic will go after Jonathan Simmons?" And I was like, "I don't think the Magic can afford him. I don't think the Magic have enough money to get him. Yeah. I have I no clue we- how that happened." I think we had a, a, a um, somebody on Twitter. I forgot who it was. Was right when we signed Jonathan Simmons. He was like, "Oh, that's ironic." I was just listening to your guys' podcast where you were where uh, where you were talking about how we didn't have enough money to sign him. And I was like, "Well, I guess I was wrong. I didn't think we'd we'd get that kind of steal." Yeah, so. I mean that was just a fantastic contract. And and that's one thing, one recurring thing you've seen from management is they're just really good at writing contracts and yeah, getting them signed. It. So I mean that Simmons is just a great bargain all the way around. 
Yeah, and I I agree with you guys. I think he's a he's a culture. He's a guy who can set a culture. He's someone who, um, you know, just kind of. I feel like the Magic the last five years, um, has missed a guy. Uh, you know, I've actually talked about this with 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 a few with a few other writers in in the media room. They've kind of missed a guy who is going to flip over a table at halftime when the team's trailing or not yeah. playing well and and just say we are not losing this game. And then exactly. and then and then not only say that but then do something about it in the game. Exactly. Like, one Simmons thing, is that yeah. guy. Simmons can be that guy. Right. Right. I th- I think you sometimes you see like Evan Fournier kind of going at guys a little bit, uh, you know, and trying to do that a little bit and and trying to lead and show that but it just doesn't translate in the game sometimes. And uh, I, I think Simmons is a guy that's just gonna is, is just gonna take over sometimes and just say nope, I'm gonna do it, just get out of my way and just bulldoze people. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think he's exactly the type of culture guy that the Magic need. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I mean, his contract when it first came out, I was like, okay, I heard you know three year twenty, you know, was kind of the rumored deal coming out. And then it, it came out as three year eighteen. I was like, even better. And then I heard it was a, only one million guaranteed on the third year. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I, you know, that's that's the best contract of the off season. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it was awesome. Now go ahead. No, it was. It, it, I mean, it's it's just that I don't think we've had that. Um, you know, that con- maybe it's just the market what deemed that contract, but. I mean, I just we haven't had that kind of contract signing this entire the entire time we've had Rob Hennigan. I, I just don't think we have that. Yeah, I mean, it always it always seemed like Hennigan had to overpay for players, um, right? To, to get the guys that he wanted, whether it was Channing Fry signing a four year, thirty two yep. million dollar contract, or um, you know, Tobias Harris, they got on a little bit of a bargain because essentially, um, essentially, uh, they they decided or. With with Tobias Harris, he got a max offer sheet from the Kings. I think it was, and so right. Um, so that probably uh, that 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 was definitely that was definitely a, uh, I guess a bargain in that sense because of the market. Um, but every free agent that Hennigan signed, he seemed to have to overpay to to get to come here, and it mm-hmm. was definitely yeah. different in that sitting here now. Uh, the Hennigan, or not Hennigan, Weltman waited for the market to develop and found bargains out on the market, which was which was really good. I mean, even Shelvin Mack, to some extent, six million feels like an overpay, but it's a two-year deal and only one million is guaranteed next year, so it's you know it doesn't hurt the t- it, it doesn't hurt the team very much. Right, I know, and you know, I I think <laughs> I've got a I've got a slightly different yeah. take on Shelvin Mack, Ooh, but let's, I, let's I, hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, his, we got a jazz fan here to to, to kind of explain this. So I, I I've been I've been wanting to talk to a jazz, to a jazz person about Shelvin Mack and and get the lowdown on him because his, his shooting numbers don't look great, but it just yeah. feels like he does intangible things. I guess I I don't know. Like I I I haven't been completely sold on him. He's, I think he's better than DJ Augustin, but we'll yeah see. yeah. I mean, really. So as as a jazz fan, our system's a little bit different than most in the way we played. You know, Gordon Hayward was essentially the point guard. Um, in Utah for the last few years in in their offense, but with Shelvin Mack, what you get is you get a guy who's calm, who's who's collected for the most part in the point guard position, which is very nice to have a stable person running the point guard. The the only 
criticism I had, and maybe it was the system, but when it got into like late shot clock situations, I felt like his shot selection was a little off, as well as just, you know, sometimes he tried to do a little too much. And I'm going to be interested to see how he fits within this offense. Granted, he's going to be coming off the bench behind Alfred Payton. And I do think his calm nature as a point guard hopefully does rub off on Alfred Payton because I think that's just a good quality to have at the point. But I, to me, I was shocked. That was the only contract this offseason that I, I kind of head-scratched a little bit. I, th- I think you, a slight overpay there to get uh, Shelvin Mack, especially with the guys out there. But then to remind everyone, this is a culture guy. That he's He was a great teammate in Utah. Everybody loved Shelvin Mack. He's great within the community. I understand why they went after him from that aspect. So I'm just curious to see how he's going to fit in the Magic system, how Frank Vogel is going to use him. But you're getting a calm, capable point guard who just, I feel like you just have to know who he is as a point guard and put him in the right places to succeed. Yeah, and it seems like it seems like that's the word on him that he just kind of makes everything work. <laughs> yeah, um, he yeah. doesn't. He does. I mean, he doesn't stand out on his own, but he just kind of gets everyone going in the right direction. If that makes sense. Yeah, heaven knows the Magic needs somebody like that too. So yeah, it's coming off the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I think DJ Augustine was so inconsistent last year that it was it drove people crazy. I mean, it drove and me I, crazy. And I think and I think DJ Augustine doesn't fit the way the magic play anymore. I think he fit when they had Serge Ibaka and Bismack and Bismack Biombo and Nikola Vucevic and they were trying to sp- slow things down. When they picked up the pace, I don't I, I think he really struggled picking up the pace. Right. And and his shooting was was down last year as well. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how how the rotation goes the backup point guard to see if DJ still gets time. Um, you know, I think Aaron Aflalo now will, you know, even take up if they decide to put DJ on the floor at the two. That now Aaron Aflalo probably will take those minutes away too. So, and and the nice thing about Shelvin Mack is he's coming from a system that I don't know exactly where the Jazz are ranked, but we were one of the slowest teams. So, getting him into this system, I'm I'm curious because I think he's definitely going to thrive better in Orlando. So I, I that's the one positive note. On Shelvin Mack for Magic fans is I do think he's going to fit in better here in Orlando than he did in Utah. Well, and that's and that's interesting because I think we heard the same thing kind of about Jonathan Simmons and how he kind of stated that he didn't think he fit in with San Antonio's system. He thought he'd fit in better with uh, you know kind of a running gun kind of system. Um, so to hear that kind of about Mack and Simmons, kind of the same maybe an idea system change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, obviously, San Antonio—they they play at a fast pace, but they 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 have a very structured system. I think the Magic, right. the Magic are going to be a lot more freewheeling. The way the way I envision this Magic team playing is they get they get stops on defense, they get out in transition. If they can't get a fast break point, they flow into a secondary like secondary transition play or secondary break play, uh, and just kind of flow into their offense off of transition and off of running. They're not a team that's going to want to bring the ball up the floor slowly. Very, very often, uh, just just by looking at their players, they got to catch defenses on the move before they can get set. Right, e- exactly. And so, I, I think I think this it's it's going to be a good change for both of these players for for all of the players that the Magic are bringing in. I think the culture change, along with uh, you know a system change, is is good, especially for for a Simmons. Um, I think he's going to really uh, really thrive in in the Magic system. You know, as long as Frank Vogel keeps keeps up what what they did after the All Star break last year. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see their rotations too because um, I think you know you see that debate: do we keep the same starting lineup as last year? You know, where do these veterans actually fit in on this team? That's what I'm most excited to figure out: is really see where these culture guys sit on this roster and how that's going to influence the depth chart. Yeah, and I think Frank Vogel has a lot of options now. I mean, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning of when we talked about Aaron Aflalo. But, you know, Marcus Georges Hunt played fantastic at Summer League. Um, he's someone that was here toward the end of the season. He's put in a lot of work with the Magic over the offseason. Um, you've got Mario Azonia, who's whatever Mario Azonia is supposed to be. Uh, Wesley Awundu, <laughs> a guy that they drafted with, the, with a second-round pick, who I, I imagine is going to is going to end up playing a lot in Lakeland this year, even though he's under contract and guaranteed for, for sure. the season. I yeah. imagine he's going to end up playing a lot in Lakeland, but he'll get his time on the roster. I think we'll we'll see a few games where he actually plays. Um, and then you know you got you know Garino still around, Simmons. You know you got a lot of options at, at the wing position. You now even have a lot of options uh, at the four and the five with Gordon, Isaac, Vucevic, Biombo, and Spates, and and maybe even uh, Keem Birch. Yeah, yeah. I keep forget is is that even a thing? Still, is Birch still? Who knows? <laughs> there's like no no like reporting thought like i i heard from some from some people at the magic were helping him with his buyout but now that things have developed the way they've developed this summer i i don't see how he's here right because if we're helping him with a buyout that probably indicates that we're going to give him guaranteed money right i mean to i mean if we're helping him with a buyout yeah I mean, you'd think oh. so interesting yeah, and like just... and like in, at Olympiacos, he was getting paid like three million a year. So, right. I mean, I know there is an incentive to come to the NBA, but three million dollars is three million dollars. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we, we don't have that kind of money to throw at him. I, I don't know if we would, but cash money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I mean, uh, how many guaranteed contracts do we have so far? Fifteen. Uh, the Magic are currently at, I believe, fourteen guaranteed contracts. Oh no, uh, thirteen. I don't even know anymore. I've lost count. Um, yeah. They're at a lot. They're, they're, the roster's full. <laughs> their roster's full. Right, right. So, yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if, I mean, I wonder if he would, I mean, I don't think he would leave $3 million to come for a two-way contract. No, I, I don't think not. that would, no. Yeah, with Spates coming, I, I just think, I think that one's dead. I think it's just a matter of time before they announce it. Let's take a quick break from our conversation to say a quick word from our pals over at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the Seeky Gap on my phone, and it is by far the easiest way I have found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats to the event I want to attend. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck... SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. 
God knows I need that. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code L-O-N-B-A. That's a new code now, L-O-N-B-A, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So, I mean, yeah. So, so, I mean, I think that gets into another big question that a lot of, a lot of fans have, you know, why are the magic going after these veteran guys when it still feels like the magic are kind of rebuilding? Why, why are they chasing after a Spates or an Aflalo when they could roll with the Marcus George's hunt or, or play a one do or roll with, you know, a, a young guy like Birch instead? Yeah. Do you you, you agree with what they're doing? I'm excited on this one. So to me, I that was a head scratcher to me because to I don't shout out to Derek Walton Jr. Just yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, happy, that. I'm happy he got his his contract with Miami. Right, of course to <laughs> Miami. Um, but no, really, that that was my head scratcher because I'm looking at this this next season. I'm going. Are we? Is our goal really the the eighth seed? Because you know, history shows that's pretty much, hey, you know, you play four games, you get a participation trophy, and you go home. I would, in my mind, with this roster, how, you know, you've got Aaron Gordon and his contract situation, same with Alfred Payton on kind of a prove-it year. I think, in my mind, I, I say go, embrace the rebuild. You know, give the young guys, Derek Walton Jr., you know, Georges Hunt, those kind of guys opportunities to be on this team, earn good minutes, and then trade them, create assets, you know, uh, was it Malcolm Brogdon, you know, find those kind of stories. And then they, they turn into great trade bait, you know, so that's where I was kind of going with this. And I'm, I'm okay, uh, with the magic, not necessarily tanking, but, but just giving more minutes to these guys and, and really seeing what they have and getting answers to questions because with veterans, what happens is they're going to come in um and and take minutes away from these younger guys and i don't really know how much you increase their value at that point and these veteran deals i mean i haven't seen them get much back on on a lot of them through throughout last year so i'm just curious at how that worked um i do think you created a more competitive team but i again that's a head scratcher to me because i don't know why we want to be competitive because i don't see this team being higher than an eighth seed well here's the thing do you do you think that these veterans that are coming in are actually going to take minutes from the young guys, or are we just bringing them in as locker room guys and culture fits? I, I, th- I think the sad, honest truth is I think they're going to get minutes and, and that's the sad part. That's what makes me a little, you know, upset about it is because I would rather give those minutes to younger guys. And, and you know what, if you get a good draft pick, Hey, guess who's drafting now? It's Hammond and Weltman. It's not Rob Hennigan. It's, it's, these guys know what they're doing and they know what they're building. So why not give them that opportunity and then let Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton decide their fate and go from there. That's kind of my my view on this year's. That's where I really wanted to see him. And I think, you know, Isaac with Spates now in the picture and a follow, I, I think he's – I would just like to give the guy tons of minutes and just see what he turns into. I'm I'm kind of that impatient with younger guys, but I know that that kind of creates an entitlement culture. So you kind of have that balancing act of keeping it competitive, which I totally understand the vet stuff, but I just think they're really going to take minutes from the younger guys. 
Yeah, I think I think I'm kind of in your boat. Well, I I think you know I I'm I, I'm excited that the Magic have brought in some veterans because I actually think that the Magic let Aflalo go a year too soon. I, I felt like yeah, that agreed. team that team needed one of Aaron Aflalo or Jameer Nelson, and, and there were some issues. They both kind of checked out toward the end of their last season in Orlando, but. Um, I mean, who 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 wouldn't with with the way that that those seasons were going? But <laughs> yeah. but um, I, I felt like they needed that veteran voice. So I'm happy that they've returned some veterans to that locker room and, and veterans to the rotation. I, I think that Hennigan was always right, although he poorly executed it. You need a mix of young guys and veterans in in, in a locker room to kind of keep everyone going in the right direction or keep everyone yep. thinking the right yeah. things. Um, but at the same time. I was excited to see them give Marcus Georges Hunt a shot. Uh, I was, uh, especially yeah. the way he played in summer league. And yeah, uh, you know, I thought that you know, add, I mean, who knows if it's still true, but adding Kem Birch made a lot of sense for that uh, third center backup power forward role. Just a guy who's young is ready to mix things up and can grow into something. Some a guy who had potential to to grow into a rotation player. Um, I, I think I agree. I would yep. rather see those guys at the end of the roster. Um, for a team that's still young and growing, I mean, this this was never going to be a finished product this year. And I think that the, the trap that the Magic could fall into, which I don't think they did, and I still don't think they did, but the trap you fall into with how the East has been, East is shaping up, is you put too much eggs in trying to make the playoffs for just that one year, and you lose sight of what's important, and that's being a good team this year, next year, the year after, being sustainably good rather than just good for a quick playoff appearance. Yep, I, I totally agree with that. I think I think we, especially, you know, we missed the boat on the on the Derek Walton Jr. train. Yeah, that's, um, the same, that's the same deal that I was thinking. Like, why bring yeah. in Shelvin Mack when Derek Walton Jr. showed exactly. what he could do? Yeah, and, and he's a guy that you're like, okay, you know, you know what Shelvin Mack is. You don't know what Derek Walton Jr. could be. You give him, you know, a two to three year contract, and all of a sudden in year two, you've built an asset that you know equals or is greater to, you know, greater than like an Alfred Payton. Like he could be that kind of guy. You just don't know. And so, I mean, I understand uh, bringing in the veteran presence um, to kind of help mold those guys. But when they start, when they start taking minutes away, which they will, um, especially with Frank Vogel as the coach. Um, you know, I think it could hurt the development of some of our young guys and you won't be able to see Mario Hizonia take the floor as much. You won't be able to see a uh, Kim, Kim Birch and, and, you know, and, and Isaac flourish as much on the court. And, uh, I think, yeah, I think the magic have to be very careful with that. And I guess this leads to, to the big question, uh, that, that everyone's wondering and, that is, should the Magic be going for the playoffs this year? Is is making the playoffs a net positive for the team? And, and clearly by the signings that they made this week, with or the reported signings that they made this week in Maurice Spates and, and Aaron Follow, it sure feels like the Magic are, are pushing some, some chips into the center of the table to try and make a move for the playoffs this year. Or, or at the very least that Mario Zonia isn't part of the long-term plan anymore. Uh, and the Magic are... are looking to try and build something with the players that they like that will win and 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 put a winning product on the floor whether they do or not is another issue but is is this is, is this the right outcome or is this the right the right move 
I say no, um, because I've seen it with obviously a team, the Jazz. They they did it one year and they got swept by San Antonio, and literally we fell back out of the playoffs the following year. I mean, I I just think you can build a winning culture and not be in the playoffs, and I think that that is those guys in the locker room that they just went out and got those that kind of personality and attitude towards the game. So you've got you've got a few pieces in there that definitely are what they're trying to build. I don't think they need the playoffs to, you know, create the the road to success, you know, in the next, you know, two to three seasons that they're wanting to. So I think, you know, take a step back and I think you've got to give Weltman and Hammond time. They need to figure out who Alfred Payton and Aaron Gordon are number one. I think that's the biggest thing going into the season I'm looking forward to. But that's the the playoffs I don't think will change the course of of the magic, you know, this year. I think if anything, I need answers on on personnel and who we've got. And that that goes all the way across the board. Head coach all the way down to, you know, the fifteenth person on this roster. I need to know who we have, what they can do, and and create assets galore and, and and we need to make some movements definitely at the trade deadline and next off season. I, I, I agree with that. Okay. I agree with, <laughs> Uh-oh. I, he's going to say Kyrie Irving next. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, no, you don't want to are... see my replies when I told people, I don't think the magic should chase after Kyrie Irving. Oh yeah. I've, I've shattered a few dreams. this week too. Myself <laughs> yeah, on Twitter. yeah. Let's all keep dreaming on that one. But um, no, I'm not talking about going after Kyrie Irving. But I have seen this team in the last five years fall into this pit of darkness, and and it affect not only player development, development, but also the the outside optics of the team. Where now you have you know players like Kevin Durant like just trashing the Magic, and you know on social media and whatnot. But um, the Magic have just become a, a joke in the NBA, and so. I think that there's there's something to that that the Magic need to pull themselves out of this this kind of hole and kind of give these players that they're developing a taste of winning. Let me let me ask you this question though because I think this is this is important. Would you rather make the playoffs this year and have a, you know, further back draft pick? Or what if I told you if if Weltman and Hammond have two, uh, you know, let's say two seasons to really create the roster they want, and you would make the playoffs a lot more consistently or have a better shot at making the playoffs? You know, they're never guaranteed. I would rather go with the second option, right? Because this year, even if you make the playoffs, there's going to be so much movement next year that you are going to have to make that you don't know what kind of team you're going to be coming back with. I, I agree with that. Um, I, do, I agree with that as well. Look, look. If if it were up to me, I probably would take that route, and I probably would take a step back and kind of see what I have. Um, you know, not tank, but just kind of just let things happen. And you know, if you don't make the playoffs, no big deal. Um, but you kind of know what you have. But I'm not gonna just go out and just tank the season. Um, and and you know, and just kind of tear down everything that we you know. Well, we have or don't have, but um, right, right. Um, but you know, I don't think that the team is going to take that route. Well, with the the guys we've signed, I don't think you're going to tank. I don't think you can. No. I mean, they're pretty decent. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a really hard thing to do in the East. So it's going to be really, it's a, it's a the most unique team in the NBA, in my opinion. I don't really know the direction this team's going, 
And it's really just, you can take it 50 different ways. And, and that's what's really unique about the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I, I, think, I think those are both really interesting takes because I, I think the Magic are kind of in this weird situation where the, res, the results to this season don't really matter. Um, I, I, would, I would say that it, it sounds like for everyone, it, it's, it's, a, it's a momentum is the next day's pitcher issue yeah um it's it it, it, i mean if if the team makes the playoffs let's let's say the team makes the playoffs this year that result by itself does not matter if the team does not then make the playoffs the next year in 2019 absolutely um and so uh i guess the question then is is how how well positioned are the magic to make multiple playoff playoff uh appearances and that's actually not a question i've thought about very much i've just kind of been focusing very micro on the 2018 season um because i mean i I, my my belief until now actually until now i guess is the magic are kind of in this spot where the results of the season doesn't matter to them Mm -hmm. i'm not out here telling fans not to buy tickets or not to not to do uh anything else you know, or not to follow or watch this team. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but this season is about setting up next season and then probably even 2020. Um, it is kind of a, a two or three year plan. And so what the Magic learned this season will be important to what they do in the coming couple couple of years. And so to, to if you're Jeff Weltman, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I've put together a pretty decent roster. Uh, you know, we got some pieces that we don't really know about that that the coaching staff likes or thinks can develop into something. We've added a bench that that we feel is a lot deeper. If this thing all comes together and looks really good, then and we make the playoffs, that's fantastic. Fans are happy; they get to go to a playoff game. Our players get to experience uh, a good, uh, 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 get to experience meaningful games in March and April. Uh, we get all of the benefits of making the playoffs, of 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 having that experience in our back pocket, and it, it benefits our players. Winning, I think, is always a good thing. I, I don't, I never think winning is bad. Um, right. You know, it, it, yeah, it, I I can't I can't think it. I can't think it's a bad thing. Um, sorry, tankers, uh, at least late se- <laughs> at least late season tankers. Yeah. But, yeah. but if let's say the magic struggle again. Let's say the pieces don't fit. Let's say, I mean, this. I think this Magic team's still going to have a huge issue on offense. There are still no primary scorers. There's still not a lot of shooting even after adding Aaron Aflalo. Uh, it's, it, 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 I think there are still some major issues with this group. Yeah, absolutely. So, let's say it falls apart again, that the team is not any better, that they miss the playoffs and that they struggle again. Well, that's not so bad either. You learn a little bit. You learn a that it doesn't work, and that now you now and you lose another year off of everyone's contracts. So now you can start moving guys around, um, and then you can get a high draft pick, and then you can maybe move some pieces around or decide. You know, we're not going to keep Aaron Gordon. We're going to move on to the next thing, or you know, we're not going to keep Alfred Payton or, or, or this, that, or the other thing. You, or you'll know a lot of that by February. And so yeah. the trade deadline is going to be really important for the Magic this year. I think I think who, you guys previewed that a little bit, that the trade market is going to really open up for this team in February, and that we expect the Magic to be very active. It's it's it, it almost 
I don't want to compare this team to, to the Heart and Hustle team, but this season feels very much like that season in some ways. Where, I mean, that, that season they kind of shipped everyone out and just got a lot of expiring contracts to try and go after some free agents. But um, it, it, it feels somewhat like that season in that everyone seems like they're fair game. That the only players that they're really keeping are going to be Isaac and, and, and Simmons and maybe Gordon, depending on how he plays. Uh, and so it, it kind of just feels like the overall result of this season is not what's important. It's what it sets up next season that matters. And so if you make <laughs> the playoffs, you better be in a position to make it again, to continue yeah. that growth, to continue that upward trajectory. Because really throughout this whole rebuild, my big thing was value progress. Going from 20 to 23 to 25 to 35 wins, it wasn't as fast as everyone wanted, but it was still going forward in the right direction. Right, mm-hmm. like you're still yep. you're still yeah. improving every year, and and I thought the 35 win season there was there were problems, there were clear problems with the team, but it was still a good season. It was it was the season I expected, uh, and I thought that the Magic did not value that progress because they kind of pushed all their chips in and said, you know, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. We're just going to ship them off and 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 hope this ne- this new thing works. It was such a different team. Right, and it was the whole cutting corners thing. Yeah, I think I think you know Hennigan warned about that. You know, early on in his his tenure was he did actually look, a good call. Yeah, and and he's and he he's saying <laughs> <laughs> he did, and then he and then he did it, and so he cut corners and he traded Tobias Harris, and then he pushed in uh, you know Oladipo um, and traded him for Ibaka, and so those are that's cutting corners. And, and that's he didn't happened. win either of those trades, by the way. Like I, as an unbiased fan, I looked at those trades going like, what the hell is going on? Like, that's just the reaction I had because that didn't make any sense to me. Anything that they were trying to do, I did not get the Serge Ibaka excitement. I did not get any of that. That was just mind blowing. Brandon Jennings or Sonny Sova. It was all just kind of like, what is going on with? The I, I viewed. I viewed that. I mean, a lot of people argued that that adding those two players in the Tobias Harris trade was was adding veterans. I I was telling everyone it's a salary dump. They yeah, dumped a, Tobias yeah, Harris. Yeah, salary Harris's dump. salary. What what the Magic traded for was essentially Bismack Biombo. Yeah, exactly. And then and that didn't even make sense. I mean, a lot of it, you're just like head scratching the entire time, especially I think one thing we learned from that is, you know, don't overvalue somebody who has a good playoff run. And I think they did that with Jonathan Simmons. You know, he had a, a great run with the Spurs and I felt like they they were patient and, and let the market dictate the value. And then they pounced on him and got a great contract. So it was just interesting, you know, to see kind of all of that movement not work out. And like you were saying, though, I do think the Magic are in a very unique spot where they can. It's nice because they've got some pieces and they can really go a few different ways. And and they're really not painted into a corner quite yet. But they do need to find an identity and a face of this franchise. That's the thing that I guess bothers me the most about the last few years is I can't even, you know, you tell me who their best player is. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't really know. Like, you know, I, I want it to be Aaron Gordon, but I, I still can't fully latch on to that idea quite yet. Yeah. He still has to prove who he is in this league. Um, and I think yeah. a lot of these guys have to prove who they are in this league to, to, to stick with the magic as they're currently constructed. 
Yeah, I think I think on on our podcast we kind of we kind of emphasize the prove it deals that oh, we yeah. like. And so I I think what this is for the magic is a prove it year. It's a prove it year. Ooh. It really is. And so I think for everybody on this team, you better prove it, you better bring it or else <laughs> I mean, you just don't know. That I mean, should be our new hashtag between both our podcasts, by the way. <laughs> hashtag prove it. Hashtag prove it. Yeah. No, I, I, I think, I think you're onto something there. I, I think, I think you're definitely onto something there. Especially because when, when you have a new boss, you have to prove it. Exactly. <laughs> That's yep. Essentially, what yep. happened this year. And um, Alfred Payton and and Gordon are are on the hot seat. I mean, this is the biggest year of their life in basketball. Yep. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I think I think that's a good place to leave it off. You leave, you leave them wanting yeah. you leave them wanting a little bit more with the cliffhanger talking about uh, talking <laughs> about like. who's going to prove it and, and what's going to happen. Um, well, we'll definitely have to, to get back together a little bit closer to the season, talk a little bit more realistically about the season rather than rather than uh, big big picture stuff. But uh, let let everyone know where they where they can find the Orlando Magic podcast. Yeah, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, all those Google Play, all those fun places, um, and you can also follow us on Twitter at uh, Orlando Magic PC, and uh, you can follow us on our personal accounts as well. Uh, I'm at Andy R Harrington, and I'm at at st underscore garlic g a r l i c k, and uh, we're definitely active on there. We love your stuff that you put out there as well. So, yeah, we we just want the magic to get better, and I think that's the driving force of both of our podcasts. So it's all good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, def- definitely, I'll, I'll definitely, definitely check out their pod. Check out uh, Andy and Steven's podcast. They do uh, a, a good job covering the team from from more of a fan perspective than I do. I I, I have credentials. Yeah. I'm I'm with I, I'm around the team a lot more, but uh, it's good to take good to get a step back and get a different perspective as well. So I would definitely add the Orlando Magic podcast to your. Uh, podcast uh, lineup or podcast schedule. I don't know how people listen to podcasts. I know how I listen to podcasts, but I listen <laughs> yeah. to far too many podcasts. So uh, that, that doesn't, that uh, I don't think my listening habits are any indication, but if you are so inclined, uh, I would also Thank encourage you. everyone to subscribe to the locked on magic podcast Oh yeah. Uh, on, uh, on iTunes, audio boom, stitcher, tune in all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-R-R underscore omd. And, of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as Orlando Magic Daily at omagicdaily. Uh, before we close out, any last words, Andy and Steven? Let's all prove it. Yes. <laughs> My final say. This is, this is the Prove It podcast. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think I think we I think we proved on this podcast that we will uh, definitely uh, do this again sometime sometime soon. Hopefully, Dude, this is For fun. Sure. This was definitely yeah. fun, and uh, yeah, stuff. we look forward to it. Yeah, hopefully, uh, all the listeners enjoyed it as well. Uh, on behalf of Andy and Steven on the Orlando Magic podcast, on behalf of myself, Philip Rossman Reich. Uh, of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. 
Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.